Let us ask God to bless the time. Dear Lord, we're grateful for your word and how it stands in front of us in so many areas. And we could look at familiar passages from different angles to benefit our lives in you. We'd ask that we'd be able to see these things this morning, Lord, in your son's name. Amen. Um, I was in a conversation earlier this week with a young man, not of this communion. And he had raised this passage as something he had been thinking about, and he had been reading the Mishnah. And the Mishnah is the teaching of the rabbis. People who are serious about being scholars about this stuff read the Mishnah and other stuff. And in the Mishnah, this passage was suggested to be typological for Jesus, not Jesus, because they were Jewish, uh, the Messiah, the coming Messiah. That, that it was a prophetic passage out of Judges. We're in Judges 13. People like that sort of interpretation. I think this is a type of whatever or prophetic of, even if it doesn't say it's a prophecy. Judges 13 says, And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. This has been the pattern in the book of Judges. Ever since Joshua died, the judges, who were the residual civic appointees from the time of Moses, um, would step up when a bad situation, they would step up as sort of U.S. Marshals uh, in the Old West. You know, bad cow town, get really awful, they call a, uh, a U.S. Marshal in. That's what the judges were like. And so you had Ehud and Othniel and, and uh, Gideon, famous, famous ones like Gideon. Deborah was a, a judge of Israel. Now, It was a sequence of disobediences on the part of the Israelites. God would let some foreign pagan nation have, his, have its way with them, and it would tyrannize them and beat them up and, and the like, and they'd finally cry out to the Lord and say they were sorry. And then God, because they were his people, he would deliver them with a judge. So you have these oppressions and deliverances going back and forth in the book of Judges till you get to this last one uh, in Judges. And at this point, it had been the Canaanites, it had been um, uh, various uh, Midian, um, that's who Gideon dealt with. But now there's an east and west difference. Uh, the Philistines are a problem in the west of Israel, and the Ammonites and Moabites in the, in the east. And so you have different Jephthah as a, as, a, as a judge, probably at the same time as this. This is the story of Samson. Samson is delivering the Jews um, from the Philistines, who are in the West. Now there was a certain, and there was a certain man of Zorah, of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, this is the place where the guy was getting his typology, because like with the Annunciation of Mary, right? The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says, Hail, favored of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, we don't know the woman's name, by the way, Behold, you are a barren and have no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, beware and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For lo, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from birth. And he shall begin to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. So this woman's standing around, and this angel of the Lord shows up and tells her this. You can see the common thread, right? But first off, let's, let's look at this Nazarite thing. The Nazarite thing is out of Numbers, Nazareth, Numbers 6. I have the passage, at least a portion of it, at least the portion of it that you, you, might, you might be interested in. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, whether a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to separate himself to the Lord. He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink, and shall not eat any juice of, the gra of grapes or eat grapes, fresh or dried. All the days of his separation, he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine, not even the seeds or the skins. All the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall come upon his head until the time is completed for which he separates himself to the Lord. He shall be holy, he shall let the locks of his hair of his head grow long. That's what you have with Samson. And the angel is telling the woman, Samson's mom to be, that he's going to be a Nazarite from birth. And even she is not supposed to drink wine, or strong drink, or touch anything unclean. It's not a particular vow, it's a vow, that, uh, the Nazarite taking of the vow. Um, you get, I think, a, sem a, a little hint of it, I think it's somewhere in Acts. E uh, Acts 18. After this, Paul stayed many days longer, then took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. At Sencrea, he cut his hair, for he had a vow. So, these basic tokens of a person under a vow. Um, in the Nazarite passage in Numbers, it, it, it ends up being that if you uh, uh, not supposed to touch anything unclean, but if someone just happens to die next to you, you're sitting on the bus, you haven't eaten raisins in a long time, your hair is you know, tucked into your back pockets. And the old guy next to you on the bus dies. Oh, you get cardiac arrest and slumps over on your lap. You gotta cut your hair. And all the previous time doesn't count. You gotta start over. That's the rules, I don't make them. Just telling you what they are. But the angel tells Manoah's wife that she's gonna bear a son, he's gonna she is not to have any wine or strong drink. So is this a foreshadowing of the Messiah? Well, first off, we know that Jesus wasn't a Nazarite. 
because he's out there making 160 gallons of wine, he's drinking wine, he and his disciples. The emblem of our religion in the communion of the saints is the cup and the bread. Christ is no Nazarite. It's similar what happens to Mary and what happens to the mother of Samson. But you have a more greater commonality with John the Baptist. I have the passage here out of Luke on the left-hand side. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord. He said, this is, thank you, Evan, tying it in December. You're kind of edging over to the Christmas story a little bit. You're welcome. And there appeared to him, speaking of John's dad, Zechariah, an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw it, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. His wife had been barren, just like Manoah's wife had been barren. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he shall drink no wine nor strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. You say, yeah, okay, I can see that. Now John the Baptist is a Nazarite too, basically. From birth, like Samson, Samson is going to deliver the people or begin to deliver the people from the Philistines. And John is going to turn the, he's got a special task on him. We see the similarity. A little spoiler in there, he says he will come in the spirit and the power of Elijah, not the spirit and the power of Samson. That kind of spoils it. See, And if, you, if you're familiar at all with Samson's life, which we are not getting into, his regular visits to prostitutes sort of takes the edge off his holiness. Okay, you just... That's just something that, hey, one of the things that I would want you, this is kind of a warning, how you handle the scripture. We see a similarity here, yes. An angel comes to Zechariah, a barren couple, tells him. An angel comes to Manoah's wife, who's a barren woman, and tells her. And it's almost, you know, both Nazarite, in there you may set apart for a particular vowed existence. There's a similarity there, yes. Verse 6 of Judges. Then the woman came and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. I did not ask him whence he was, and he did not tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, so then drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from birth to the day of his death. Tells you the same thing again. The angel says it to the woman. The woman comes home and repeats it to the husband. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O Lord, I pray thee, let the man of God whom thou didst send come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the boy that will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. 
And the angel of God came again to the woman. That's what's it's sort of an interesting quality. Somebody who was pushing the, the typology was pushing the female visitation. The angel visiting the female. Now, I'm not a crypto-feminist or anything like that. I'm not. It's true. He answers the prayer of Manoah by visiting the guy's wife again, again, who's not even named. But then, of course, the angel isn't named either. Right? The angel, though man of God, Gabriel means man of God. But that's not how the word man of God in this passage is rendered uh, in the Hebrew, so it's, that's not something that we are going to put together. But some people who are, who are busy in their minds holding out these passages and going trying to either with the enunciation of Mary or the enunciation of Zachariah and Elizabeth to gain something out of the typology that something I'm supposed to learn from Samson and Samson's purposes can be applied to us in the Christian world. But I want you to think about something else in this. He came to the angel of the Lord God came to the woman as she sat in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman ran in haste and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And some of you are going, What? He said, That? I am? Isn't that the lighten up. He's answering the question. You would have said the same thing and you are not Jehovah. Are you the man who spoke to this woman? He said, I am. And Manoah said, now when your words come true, what is to be the boy's manner of life and what is he to do? Husbands. Boy, you can't let them loose for a minute. They want to get the theology on this thing worked out. They'd like a little plan, please. A little information. Not this simple do what you're told. What is to be the boy's manager? What's he supposed to do? The angel of the Lord said to Manoah, and this is where I think it's getting down, when you're looking at the passage from 100 yards off, you realize this message has been repeated three times in 15 verses. Of all that I said to the woman, verse 13, let her beware. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Manoah wants more information. How are we supposed to raise the boy? What's we supposed to do in this situation? And the angel of God looks at him and said, I want the woman who I told this to, to beware. To be conscious, not beware, like, uh-oh, beware of dog. Not that, because it's, it's an old term. Being aware. You're supposed to be aware, Manoah, of what I just told your wife. I went to your wife and told her what she needed to do. 
She comes home and told you what I told her she needed to do. You came to me and asked me for more information. I just told you again what I told her she needed to do. Be aware of that. She should be aware of that. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Pray, let us detain you and prepare a kid for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, If you detain me, I will not eat of your food. But if you make ready a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. Parenthetically, for Manoah did not know he was an angel of the Lord. Guy shows up in your yard. Now, where you're dealing with it, now it's not your yard, because if somebody showed up in your yard and told your wife she was going to, lo and behold, have a son, and lo and behold, no more wine tastings at the Wilsons. You'd say, oh, really? I don't think so. What are you doing in my yard? Because we don't have people getting, you want to say prophecies, Prophets wandering around. This is a different world. They don't have any problem with someone giving them a word of knowledge. Manoah doesn't seem to. He seems to believe just fine. The, the bona fides of the person. He's a man of God, it says. A man of God appeared to me. Looks just like a guy. And Manoah didn't know. And the angel of the Lord is going, you know, there's some hints here. Manoah, you already know it's a man of God. Your wife said, he looked like an angel. Terrible. Not, you look terrible. But you know, terrible. See, Evan, you're not making any sense. Okay, shake yourself a little bit and realize that which terrifies Not, when somebody looks terrible, it's uh, generally felt that something was terrible was done to them. They had an awful final exam, and so they look terrible. Now, they're just the effect of the terror. This man looked terrible. There's something in, have you ever seen someone who looked at you and it looked right through your conscience? Maybe you're just a little uh, insecure about something. You ever have, I've met people like that and they just feel uncomfortable. But then there are also people that just look, uh, I met a Siberian Husky that was that way. Um, it had blue eyes. It had blue eyes. And a dog having blue eyes is just wrong. Okay? When something has blue eyes, Oh, you remember, remember Satan in the Passion of the Christ? That's terrible. There are things that, both evil and good, that... Well, so consequently, Manoah and his wife are, are dealing with this guy in the yard who shows up at awkward times as a result of prayer. Manoah does know enough to pray that the guy come back. But he goes to see him thinking he's a guy. And he's going to feed dinner to the guy, the good hot host. And the, and the angel says, no, why don't you just, I'm not going to eat it. Why don't you offer it as an offering? 
And someone else says, okay, all right, you want to be religious about this, we can do that. So he has a rock there, and he brings out the cereal offering and the meat offering. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name so that when your words come true, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. Yee! Manoah still doesn't know. Why? Why doesn't Manoah know? You picked up on it, right? Well, you said, it said angel of the Lord right there on the page. I was following along. Well, even if you were in this situation, don't you think you'd go, this is, this is creepy. I've told you the story about, I think I met an angel once back in 1975. But that's another. But just because of things, things. It wasn't near this pronounced, but things. It involved motorcycles. You'd figure it out. Manoah doesn't. And the angel says, why do you ask? This is wonderful. My name is wonderful. So Manoah took the kid with the cereal offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord, to him who works wonders. He responds to that piece of information in a nice, pat, religiously acceptable way. He takes the word wonderful and he does to the God who works wonders. He has tied it to the promise of a child. Manoah has no problem believing the promise of the child. But he's clueless. When the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar, while Manoah and his wife looked on, and they fell on their faces to the ground. Okay, you might want the guy out of your yard, but not that way. Ascension in a flame into heaven. After having said, my name is wonderful, you probably shouldn't ask about it. And you fall on your face. Now, what I want you to get out of this passage you know, as I looked at this, in this discussion I had with this young man about the typology in this passage, I was going, oh yeah, there's some similarities, but there's some such... I, if I give the similarity strengths, reason would dictate that I have to give the differences strength. Why the similarities and not the differences? Whatever the case, if I have a, if I have a similarity and a difference, I know my God did both John the Baptist's annunciation, the Messiah's annunciation, and Samson's annunciation. My God might, might like doing annunciations. And each one are similar because it's the same God, not because he's trying to get you in your Bible study to get all matchy-matchy. You know how women are when they do that. Did you ever see uh, What's Up Doc? Ryan O'Neill and... Madeline Kahn and Barbra Streisand. Great film, very funny. Madeline Kahn plays the fiance of Ryan O'Neill and uh, Eunice, Eunice Burns. And Eunice Burns dresses in blue. 
everything. She likes matching everything. It's disturbing. We tend to think we have found something, be, something that must be together because they match to any degree. And we start putting greater meaning in matching rather than just saying, hey, maybe the God who has done this did that. It would seem, since the scriptures represent the God who enunciated John and the Christ and Samson, since they're the same guy, the same being, he has things work kind of the same way. But if there is no typology that I'm supposed to get special meaning out of the matchy-matchy, what am I supposed to get from a God who does things this way? The angel has a certain attitude. Beware. He says it twice. He says it to the woman back in verse 4. Therefore, beware and drink no wine. He tells Manoah in verse 13, of all that I said to the woman, let her beware. He's got, a, he's got a task on him. Both times he repeats it. He dodges kind of the information demand that Manoah puts out for him. He just keeps telling him the same thing. I just came to tell you this. If it's not a type, and it's just the way our God is, what are we seeing here? We're not seeing, ooh, the mystery of, of somehow, just like Mary and, the, and Gabriel, and we get all, you know, sing a few carols and feel all, look, it's the same. And back in the, t the 13, 1200s BC, Samson. And we miss what the historic passage would be if our God deals with man this way and he keeps running up against people, husbands usually, that have got this problem. Don't expect to be oh deep, oh so deep with the scriptures, because nothing like things like allegory or typology or things like that to make you sound like you know what you're talking about, because you're throwing passages together to, ooh, how did you know that? If you can't do the shallow work, don't attempt the deep work. That's why the shallow end of the pool is there, right? So you could get used to water and figure out how not to drown. I, can re I don't know if you remember going into the deep end. It was like it was, it, it was like a personal threat. The floor of the pool was slowly, and you could play, and you could hit each other with inner tubes and, and fall down and always stand up, and your head would still be above water. And then there was a certain point, and there was this line of boys across the pool, a rope, a, a nylon rope with those things on it, holding it up. And you walk up to the edge because you, you know, you're, you're becoming a man. And the concrete floor of the pool would do something disturbing. It would go, Doop! and suddenly, precipitously, almost like off a cliff. I can remember going past the rope just about a foot and feeling, I'm dying. I got to get back. Well, I obviously wasn't ready because I had not figured out the shallows yet. I shouldn't go play in the deep end. 
don't go playing typologies and allegories with a passage. If just like Manoah, we want more and we're not paying attention to what you're told to be aware of. I told you what you're supposed to be aware of. All that I commanded her, let her observe. And he starts to give away, very obviously, we think, where this word is coming from. By the end of the story, Manoah and his wife are on their face in a field because the guy they were talking to just went to heaven in the flame of their sacrifice. It's a bigger, you'll be able to say, okay, yeah, I can see this. Angel in my yard telling me a very simple and direct thing. And when we look for more, what's this all about, God? Like God has got to demonstrate a trust in us that we're supposed to know more before we go along with this. No. Don't become a judge of the divine message to you. Beware. You've been given um, direction. You ever notice somebody, I'm really wondering what the will of God for me is. Well, I know the will of God and me for you is to shut the heck up. Because it says in the Bible what the will of God for you is. But this is the will of God for you. Oh, look, verse says that. That you abstain from immorality. There's all sorts of verses in the Bible that tells you what the will of God is. Done that yet? Taken care of the shallow end yet? Been aware of what you were told? We become judges of the divine message as if it has got to get more intriguing than a person ascending in a flame in my backyard. More intriguing than someone saying, hold it, my name is too wonderful for you. Did I tell you what she should do? I told you what she should do, right? Didn't I tell you that earlier? And then I told you again, and she told you as well? We missing something here? Now, what I left out when I read the uh, Luke passage, because, oh, see, we saw the type. We saw that John the Baptist was kind of like Samson. The whole wine strong drink thing, and we assume kind of the hair thing, because he he dressed funny too. But I come back to the Luke passage here on the left-hand side, Luke 1, 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, man of God, who stand in the presence of God. He doesn't like to Manoah say, why are you asking, seeing it is wonderful. He's going to let Zechariah know. Might be the fact that more time has gone by. This This is the coming of the Christ situation. I'm Gabriel. I'm usually in heaven in the presence of God, usually. That's where I spend my time. And I was sent by God to speak to you, to bring you this good news. Now, it sounds like a The way I'm phrasing it, it sounds like the angel a little ticked. The way I'm phrasing it, because I'm pausing. Did I tell you who I was? Did I tell you where I'm from? 
With the angel and in Judges, he didn't tell me who he was, and he didn't tell me whence he came. Gabriel's doing it differently. So they might not be types. But there's enough to say, this is the same God, and the same message I am seeing for Manoah is the message I see for Zechariah. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I was sent to speak to you, to bring you, frankly, good news. You and your wife have been barren, and what did you just say to me? How shall I know this? I'm an angel in the temple. This is, this is what I do. You say, Evan, I think you're, you're putting your mood on the angel. I don't think so. The next verse tells you this. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things come to pass because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. God does things this way. Barren women who are going to be the mothers of deliverers of Israel are sent angels. And the angel would like to be listened to once in a while. And in both cases, although he doesn't tell Elizabeth this, I get the impression that Elizabeth and Mary and Manoah's wife were a lot more up to speed than the two guys we know about. Oh, even Joseph finds out his wife's pregnant, right? Wife-to-be is pregnant. He knows he can't be guilty, so he naturally thinks along those lines. He's probably the best example. Zechariah actually talks back to the angel. How do I know this is true? Oh, angel of God. And you can just see the, the look of stunned amazement on Gabriel's face. His terrible face. Manoah, oh, he's going along with it. It's not like they're going, I don't believe it. I'm running around putting my hands in my ears. I, they're listening to it. It's not the religion the way they want it. It doesn't answer the things they want answered. God is saying, are you going to believe me or not? With no more information. Manoah's not given any more information. The name is wonderful, too wonderful for him. Where he's from, not going to tell him. Not even going to tell him he's an angel. Because you did not believe my words. If it is not a typology, and the two stories don't match, circumstance for circumstance, you can't see a prophecy of John in the life of Samson. But you can see a common thread in how God deals with situations like this. And then once it is just a normal story, this is the story of how John was announced, this is the story how Samson was announced, the same God, people acting the same kind of way, and we're being enjoined to listen, to do what we're told. The angel of the Lord, verse 21, appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. So we don't know how long it was the first time he appeared, but it seems like it was just a few days. A day or two, you know, he prays, and then boom, the angel comes back. So the angel doesn't show up again. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. This guy's maybe a like IQ of 60. I don't know what he's dealing with here. Not a real bright guy. A couple days later, you know, 
that ascending into heaven? That was a giveaway for me. Oh, really, Manoah? But Manoah's realization, they knew they were dealing with something magic. They knew they were dealing with something wonderful. They knew they were dealing with something important. They knew it was affecting their life. And Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die, for we have seen God. Now he's not claiming to have seen Yahweh. The word is not used for Yahweh. It's the word Elohim. It's basically saying we have seen one of the gods. Because Elohim is God plural. One of the gods. Hagar says the same thing when the angel of the Lord visits her. Jacob says the same thing when he wrestles with the angel at the Jabbok. I've seen the gods and my life is preserved. Or I'm going to die because I've seen the gods. He's all, he, when he finally recognizes that he's getting a message from God, really, not just, you might say, friendly prophecy, but really from an angel of the Lord who stands in the presence of God. He goes running off to his own cosmology to say what's going to happen to him. And his dear wife, unmentioned by name, his dear wife, we're going to call her Edith, Edith, but his wife said to him, verse 23, if the Lord meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a cereal offering at our hands or shown us all these things or now announced to us such things as these. I don't know if you've been paying attention, husband, dear husband, but it doesn't seem like you have been because the story at its most shallow interpretive historical present situation the wife is tracking I had a guy who looked like an angel come talk to me you might want to talk to him when he shows up again okay he's giving you the same message he looks like an angel husband doesn't say that she finally realized he was an angel you can, have, you can imagine she realized it same time her husband and says, Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord after he didn't show up for a while. Because Edith seems to have paid attention. Do you, you do know what our dealings with him were about and for. He has done great things for us. He has announced great things for us. He accepted our sacrifices. You were there, right? Because one of the big signals was the guy going up in the flames from our sacrifice. Too often. If suddenly, every so often Christians go through a realization of the power and holiness of God. And when men who are walking about in their own power and holiness finally realize there is a holy God that is standing there waiting, they almost always overreact like this. Oh, we're going to die! Or uh, we're, we have to bow down. And so the whole church has to get on their knees and express, and, and people are going to hold it. No, have we read what he's been saying in this? And what God has given us in the scriptures? All this benevolence, all this goodness, all this 
And Edith seems to know, and Manoah doesn't seem to know. He would have, he would have killed us just outright. Why would he have done all these nice things for us? Manoah is just a little slow to the uptake, a little slow to the shallow end. And too often, Christian men, and I'm not making a point, because you Christian women could do the same dumb thing, but there seems to be a pattern here. We go play in a deep end of our own devising, and we don't obey what he said. When you've done all that is commanded you, this is Jesus, you just say, we've only done that which is our duty. You've done all that is commanded you. You don't expect everybody to stand up and applaud. You were commanded by a God. Don't sidetrack it into your own extra pious, I'm going to die, or we've got to worship, we've got to bow down. Don't sidetrack it with more demands about what's going on here, Lord. I, I really understand you have some purposes for my son, and I'd like to know what the deal is. I need to know what your theology is. I need to know what your plans are, and then we can work this out. Angels don't like that. It's like sass. You ever get sass from your kid? You have a kid? You know what, you, know what a kid is? There's those little short people around your house? Right around a certain age, they give sass. Maybe because, in our kid's case, because they heard their parents giving sass around the dinner table. And finally, one of them, doesn't matter who, let's make it be gun, because he's here to bear the brunt, says something with sass, right? You look at them like, what? Come out of you, what? I don't think you know I'm your father. And usually that's all it takes. But that's what we have to be reminded of when the Lord lays out for us the life in the shallow end. says, see, this is the life. This is the belief. This is the gift. This is the benevolence of the God. Go, yes, sir. I'm on it. I will be aware of this. Don't let the realization, you finally go, oh my gosh, you mean this really is from God? Throw you off into some pietistic pursuit of reacting to that. We need to understand what the nature of the simple, benevolent commands are. What does God want of us? What did he tell us? You can understand it. There's nothing, there's some difficult parts of the Bible, but you don't have to go there right now. There's some very clear parts of the Bible. It told you we're supposed to be loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind, good and gentle and faithful and self-controlled. Get on it. We say, but I can't do that. Then are you a Christian? If you can't do joy, you can't do love. The Lord said, you must love the Lord your God. Greatest commandment of all. Second is like unto it. You've got to love your neighbor as yourself. Ah, that too. You struggle with love? You don't like people that much? You're a sociopath? Okay. Let's get that fixed, shall we? Because he told you to be aware of what he tells you to do. And Edith got the command. 
Edith almost seems like she's reading between the lines here, pleading with her husband to get on board with what... And she's the one who's been commanded to do this. You don't drink this stuff. You don't do that. He shall be a Nazarite. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the boy grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir in him at Mahanadan between Zorah and Estahol. Let's demonstrate before our God, especially us men, that we're not so full of our own expectations of the religion that we don't know how to paddle about in the shallow end with all the things the Lord has commanded. Some of us would like to give the go-by to some of those commands because they seem like they're sissy commands. Love, especially. You've got to love people. You've got to be rejoicing. But I want to be a tough guy. You've got to be rejoicing. I'm sorry. Shallow end. Do what you're told. The angel of the Lord has spoken. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful. Your mercies to us are, are great things. We'd ask that you would continue to speak to us through your word. But we'd ask that we would stop ourselves before we try to do magical tricks with the Bible and stand before it understanding what it says and the type of God and the type of message he sent to us. Bless us in this. In your son's name. Amen.